0: I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey
1: pussy, are you still there?
0: Lee. i back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time
2: to roll, baby.
0: You got nothing going on between your ears, bro. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. You think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand? That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes can... You know who you are. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet.
1: (laughs) Hope you guys come ready. We're back, another edition of the Wokast. I'm Michael Morgan and I'm joined as always by G. What's going on?
2: Hey, 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 I'm ready, Mike. Let's get into it.
1: We have got so much to discuss. You know what? Usually we start off with UFC news views and um, what's been happening um, over the past weekend. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I think it'd be kind of remiss of us not to mention Bellator 253, Darren Caldwell versus AJ McKee. AJ McKee, I have to say, a, what somewhat flying under the radar. I don't think and I don't feel people make a big enough fuss. I looked at his social media um, presence. I think he had about 1,700 followers and it? it makes me think Yeah, people aren't taking him seriously. Because that sub, that first round um, neck crank, um, was incredible. It was a beautiful thing it's to really behold. Was. But also, mm-hmm. he has been on a roll, still undefeated. And yet, you know, I really don't think people are giving him his props. What did you make of that um, little little clash that he had? I mean, it wasn't long, was it?
2: No, it wasn't long at all. And I think people are sleeping on his opponent as well. Codwell is a formidable yes. challenger and opponent. He's been around the block and back in his wrestling and his skills are something to be dealt with. And the way AJ handled him with ease was... And then, Mike, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I was like, what's going on? What is he doing? (laughs) And then it was so smooth. He wasn't out of breath. It was just so calm, cool, and collective. And then Mm -hmm. Yank cranked the neck. He won the fight. I was like, who is this kid? It was unreal.
1: Unreal. You know, speaking of unreal, I I wish if we could say the same for our old friend Benson Henderson. Now, Mm. there was me giving him the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. He was going in there against the Jamaican. um, And I thought, you know what, he'd he'd be able to at least give us some glimpses, give us a flash of the old Benson Henderson. I mean, man, that was horrible.
2: Yeah. That was horrible. I kind of suspected this would happen for some reason. I just had like a funny feeling. And also, that's not his um, natural weight class, is it?
1: No, I mean, Coker said, you know, he's reverting. He, he, he's actually dropping a weight class because really and truly, he he looked horrible, man.
2: Yeah, he did. It's, the weight class is not for him. Perhaps he wasn't prepared for this. Op- I didn't really know much about his opponent either. Maybe Ben didn't. I'm just, you know, assuming. But I don't know. He looked pretty, like you said, bad. And I hate to say that about Benson, with all the wars he's been through, his swag and how he's just such a good guy. You know, it's sucked to see him in that condition. However, I think he just needs to go back to his, you know, normal weight class and get busy and start over. Yeah,
1: tell me about it. But you know something? Mm -hmm. I think it's about that time to segue into UFC 255 because I'm really hoping what you saw last night kind of, I know, you know, of late you were, um, thinking that maybe these squash matches maybe these matchups the matchmaking wasn't up to much but yesterday I, I would have thought I hoped that you would have been impressed by what we saw because starting off you know we usually pick two each my two that I want to pick the first is Louis Louis um Kose and yeah Sasha Platino- Platnikov Correct now for me that start had me kind of like, Oh, this is over, this is over. And when he kind of like flipped and like, um, did that kind of like mini somersault and um, mini, mini, yeah. mini, uh, mini egg roll, which was a mistake.
0: I, yeah. I, I,
1: I, you know, something I, I think that this is something he's probably been drilling in the, in the gym and thought, Yeah, time to roll this out. Given <laughs> that it was his debut as well, I reckon he was out, you thought to he impress. was
2: showing off, yeah, yeah,
1: but you know, as. Each round wore on. I think both men had each other hurt. It was almost like, you know, that rally back from Platnikov, that was incredible. Great UFC debut, I have to say, for both yeah, men. Beautiful. Both went to their corners giddy um, when, you know, basically, I think it was the first round. No, no, second round. They both went to their corners giddy. And I thought to myself, raw we're in for a treat. Yeah, we're in. We are definitely. I mean, what a comeback, though. From Platnikov. Oh, what yeah. an absolute rally back.
2: The momentum changes in this fight were extremely exciting because what I noticed yeah. is that I think I learned this from you. Louis Kosi blew his load immediately. Like, um, mm. I hate that saying. It's so gross, but it makes sense. Like, <laughs> and I got that from your ass. Um Um, Lewis, he literally blew his load. Like, he went crazy. He went in for the kill, and then Mm -hmm. he was exhausted. And then after that, the momentum would change because he was, like, waiting for, like, he would have these um, second bursts of energy, and then he would come back and start, you know, getting his momentum. But I did see some, like, he needs a little work, Mike wow, like this is definitely an example of like when a contender series guy does really well on the show. But then when he makes his debut, you're like, oh, you need a little bit more work. And I think he needs to work on blowing his load. I mean, defensively, I mean, he wasn't doing anything to avoid any of those shots. I think I started to see him start to slip against the cage, do some slips. But I mean, he was just using his face. As like, you know, like just he was getting beat up and, and, and his hands were really low. There were some basic <laughs> rudimentary things that I noticed, but I liked his his heart. I liked that he went at yeah. it pretty hard, but he's got some work to do and beautiful debut on Sasha's part. Loved how he was a in there. debut. Yeah,
1: I can imagine, you know, going into the gym um, on Monday. If they are still open, um, <laughs> I can imagine him being hoisted up and like, you know, paraded around because that was some show. Yeah. That I really did enjoy that as a as a as an opener yeah. to this card to UFC two five five. Yeah, it's how you start um, a fight
2: card. It's it's it gets you dialed in right away.
1: <laughs> how about you? What what was uh what you bringing to the table in terms of prelims?
2: Well, first? we've got like I've got like honorable mentions. So I'll start with one. Man, Daniel Rodriguez versus Nicholas Dalby. Um, mm. Mike, I need you to go back and watch this and tell me who won the fight because I don't no, agree, okay. I don't agree with the judges at all. Um, I don't remember how I scored the first round, but I do remember, Mike, at the end of the first round, Rodriguez got a really good pep talk from his coach, which included... You know, going forward, being first, and mixing things up with takedowns, and to use the cage to his advantage. Like his coach Mm -hmm. basically reminded him, he was a mixed martial artist. Don't just stand there and box with him. And Daniel did exactly that. And I thought he did enough to win the fight. And not only did Dalby win the fight, it was a unanimous decision. So I jump online, and other people feel the way that I feel. And a lot of people was upset with the um, the decision, and it was just bizarre. But Even though I thought Nick um, Dalby um, lost the fight, I'm happy he won because I'm a fan of his as well. Mm -hmm. And he did show some improvements from his last fight with Jesse Ronson. His last fight, he was awkward, herky-jerky, and just a bit too excited. And he calmed down, and he gave Daniel a good fight. But to this day, to this very moment... I don't really know who won that fight, and I'm leaning towards Daniel Rodriguez. So check that one out for me when you get a chance and, and get back to me on that, because I'm still stuck. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. since soon you recommended it so so highly. But my second one, yeah. um, I think this goes without saying, Whacking Buckley and mm. uh, Jordan Wright. Mm. I mean, Buckley wrecked Wright in round one and basically finished him off in round two. That's what it looked like to yeah, me. Yeah, he beat the shit I, out of him. I don't him. know. I had, mm. I had the vibe... That Buckley going into there wasn't going into that, wasn't going to be messing about. It was going to be a short, sharp shock for Jordan Wright. I really want to see him though. I really want to see him clash James Krause, okay? I can say yeah. his name, Working Buckley, if you're listening, but I know you can't. He can't stand the man. And those are the kind of matchups, as you know. I love the backstory. Mm. I love the narrative. I love the fact that there's beef. I want to see this in December. Come on, what's the reason not to? Everybody seems to be cramming on that December 19th card. You notice? Yeah,
2: everybody wants to jump on that card. And everybody wants, like, quick turnarounds. You know, it's a pandemic, mm. Mike. People want the money they want the exposure and they want the opportunity and I can't really blame these guys even if I think it's like unhealthy or too soon or whatever you can't stop the show and I'm going to support them but in regards to this fight I did think Jordan Wright was going to put up a better fight I owe I really yes I did pick Buckley to win hear me out I did Mm. pick him to win and I did pick him to win in the fashion that he did I just didn't think Buckley was going to make it look so easy against Jordan Wright who was also undefeated. His last fight mm-hmm. he had a, a a quick doctor stoppage cuz you know he nailed the dude. You know what I'm saying? Like Jor- yep. Jordan Wright's pretty good. He's un- he was undefeated for a reason. And I like the kid. I just didn't expect Joaquin to just deal with him so easily, which was beautiful. And that's what he was supposed to do. Remember, this is the Mm, guy that mm. had that awesome KO, that Kanye push that, you know, was retweeted and went viral immediately. So he kind of needed to still hold on to that and deliver another performance of the night, which he got again. So he's getting paid Mm. really well. I'm happy for him. However, Mike, I want the fight with James Krause. I want it. You know, because me and you talked about this all the time. We love authentic grudge matches. I hate Mm -hmm. fake beef. This is not fake. They do not like each other. And I love the fact that they won't go into detail about what really happened. When you talk to both of them about the beef, there's so much gray area and just, like, things you have to read in between the lines. But what I get from this is that they really dislike each other. And when they train, something happened. And now they're enemies and they need to fight. The only issue is this, Mike. James Krause is, is not a middleweight. He'll have to go up to fight Jaqueline. And I think that might be the issue, but I'm hoping Uncle Dana can pull it off because we need to see this because there will be blood.
1: Put it this way, Wacken is begging for this fight. Yes. And on the last two showings, and that is last night and obviously the magnificent KO of the year, the fight before, there's no way that he can be denied.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is just a ready-made, tailor-made package for the fans, you know how old Dana loves to give yeah. the fans what they want. So I can see this happening.
2: I can see that too. But hear, hear me out on this. I think when fighters are in situations like this and Dana supports you and the fans are calling for a fight, fighters need to use their leverage. If James mm. Krause is going to go up and fight somebody in this personal grudge match and put on a little weight and fight outside his weight class, he should ask for more money. This is when fighters need to use the leverage that they have in an industry or an organization that is not paying them well. And I hope they don't just, like, you know, jump into this personal grudge match and are smart about it with their managers and get a little extra money for this. I do. You know something?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd i never actually thought about it like this before, but once upon a time, I used to work for a telemarketing firm and essentially was um, raising funds. It was fundraising. So... You name it: Greenpeace, um, Friends of the Earth, mm-hmm. um, Bernardo's, all of those charities I used to call up for. And there was a cyclical problem with new recruits: be they stocky, be they thin, be they male, be they female—they had like an absolute problem when it came to asking for money. And that's what I think kind of plagues fighters: they're very big and butch and ready to go head to head in the cage, but get them to ask for money or get them to talk about money, they kind of freeze. Yeah. It seems to be, you know, there's there's some carry across, not necessarily obviously um, fighting but I'm talking about this notion or just the fear of asking for money and I, I, I don't see um, this actually being uh, something which is gonna going to come up in the conversation. I really don't because yeah. just looking across the board, look, why do you think that fighters are so badly paid? I think it's two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, they aren't that well-versed in asking for money. Yeah. That's the first thing. That's true. Two, the fact is there is an expectation, and the expectation kind of like makes, I think, fighters... Think especially like you know some of the interviews I I've, I've conducted mm-hmm. that they feel they'll get their due in due course
2: so yeah. they, they're, I didn't notice waiting. That. they're waiting for their due cause they're waiting to be yes. or, or they're waiting for champ money they feel like once they make it to mm. the top that's where you get the real money yes. but I would like to see the Masvidal attitude I'd like to see someone especially even even if it's a mid-tier fighter like you know James Krause and Jacqueline Buckley if everybody wants this fight and you have to inconvenience yourself and go up and wait and make this personal and put on a show, ask for mm. the money. These yes. guys are underpaid. and it, And you're right. Like, I've gone on some job interviews myself, and it's always hard to negotiate that part when you're just like, so how much do you guys pay? And <laughs> I think I'm worth more than that. That is really hard to do, but... Life is not fair, and you got to go out there and get it. And right now, working yeah. in the UFC is not fair to a lot of these fighters. And it's just me being wishful thinking. You know, i watch the fight regardless of whether Dana pays them pennies or if he pays them their worth. I'm just rooting for them mm. to really, you know, get that money, you know?
1: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who else are you bringing to the table? I know you've had some honorable mentions, but you must have your second, like your full fat. This is what I'm bringing, and um, this is what floated yes. your boat last night. What floated my boat? boat and
2: what floated my boat and was not an honorable mention was Antonina Shevchenko versus Ariane Lipsky. I mm. love this fight, and I'm going to call her Baby Bullet because I always mess up her name. But <laughs> Baby Bullet finally showed us what she's made of. you know, And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is that she felt the power of Ariane Lipsky. If you watch that fight, Ariane lands a hard right hand. In fact, it made mm-hmm. me jump out my seat. I was like, oh shit, she hits hard. And I think Baby Bullet had the same reaction because after that she ain't want no more. She took that girl to the ground and she dominated her. And that's what impressed me the most is that she did not let her ego get in the way. She was like, you know what, this woman hits hard. And I'm taking her to the ground where I'm good at and where she's not, and she drowned her, and then she got that TKO win. I was so impressed with just the thinking on the feet, like, ow, that hurt, let's go to the ground, fuck that, I'm going to win this fight. And I love, (laughs) love, love that. However, Mike, do we need to discuss if Arian Lipsky is overrated, or I was shocked that her ground game was that bad. Put it this way, she was
1: known as the violence queen before she came into the UFC Mm. because of her prowess in KSW. Mm. And it basically stemmed from the fact that her Muay Thai was ferocious. I mean, she she always brought the violence. And as she showed last night, she hits like a truck. But yeah, her ground game is um, slightly lacking.
2: Yeah, and it's it's also taking her a while to get into her UFC stride. I understand when Mm. someone, like, you know, doesn't have a good debut. Or maybe they get on a two-fight skid. You get the jitters out of your system. You adjust to the new, you know, opponents and the new challenges. But I just feel mm-hmm. like she's having a really hard row here in the UFC. And I'm concerned for her. And it's so funny, Mike. Every time I tweet or try to allude to her being overrated, all the fellas be like, but Gina, she's so pretty. And I'm like, I get it, fellas. I get it. She's hot. But let's keep this about the fight. Something's going on here. She's got a I don't know what the answer is, Mike, but she's got some work to do as far as maybe training camp, maybe mm. changing her style, working on her ground game. She's She needs a ferocious win her next um, bout. I'm, I'm going to start to get really concerned for her if she goes down again.
1: Yeah, she does really need to Something. impress. Yeah. But um, you're right, without a change in tactic I mean, <laughs> yeah. you need basically kind of like some kind of fresh input in terms of the game plan because it's not always going to take place on the feet as we both know as paul craig and mm-hmm. uh, shogun showed us uh, as we segue into the uh, the main card i mean talk about it's time for me to get that plate out talk about it's time for me to put some crow on that plate and mm-hmm. chow down I mean, I really thought that Shogun would have had a look at that last fight and thought, okay, this basically is where I can actually reestablish myself as, you know, the legend that people see me as. Because I certainly saw him as a legend. But Paul Craig made him look ordinary. Him tapping out to strikes um, looked horrible. I mean, that TKO in the in second. And then, you know, it was almost as though <laughs> this is what it looked like. It was almost as though Paul Craig was reacting to the oil check. Did you see that him <laughs> being oil checked? And like after that, like Paul Craig was like next level pissed. Yeah, took him down and just and that's what I loved as well that he he was taking him down almost at will. We're talking about Shogun who wasn't sloppy on the ground, who is no. an established yeah. um, grappler. And and the, the thing that I I liked about this is Paul, you know, shut my mouth and he he proved the doubters wrong and, you know, he closed the chapter on, you know, this was the second time that they were doing the do and, um... This was definitive. He sealed the
2: deal. Yeah, it was was definitive. Just perfect word, Mike. He sealed the deal. Mm. The first fight, man, you know, they went went toe-to-toe, but it wasn't definitive. Craig came out here, and that same energy he had at the weigh-ins when he ran up in his face, and then he did it again when the fight started. He brought that same Same energy energy to the fight, Mm. and I love that about him. He didn't show any... What, what's the word I'm trying to think of? He, he just showed no, no fear. fear. There, so, mm. oh, we've been podcasting too long. He's um, <laughs> He showed no fear, and he took that energy into the fight, and he brought it to Shogun, and he was like, I don't pride never dies my ass. I don't care who you are. And he took him to mm. the ground where Shogun is, is still very good. If you notice, the scrambles were high-level, grappling in jiu-jitsu. I don't think people yes. realize everybody wants to make fun of Shogun because of his old-ass knees, including myself. I've got some jokes online <laughs> about him having the dad bod and being really old, but he is still a really good grappler. He's slow with the striking. Yeah. And you don't see the leg kicks and the sharpness and his striking, but the grappling is still there. And I did see a beautiful reversal on Shogun that had me like, that's my... Well.
0: But mm-hmm. Craig Hill,
2: he sealed the deal, was a definitive win. And I like the improvements I saw in his confidence and in his striking. He's not afraid. He comes forward and, and he he fights you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to him improving some more and, and, and fighting some more. I'm actually... In tune with with Paul Craig now, he has my utmost attention.
1: But how about Shogun though? Because you know, I don't want to use this word yeah, we hate because it. Yeah. I think it's a little bit unfair. But it was it was pitiful to see him tapping to strikes. It really was face down, flattened out, and basically being pummeled into oblivion. And we talk about this all the time. I know, so I'm going to fast forward to the bit that we mm. need to really address here. Should he be hanging them up? Because that did look really, yeah, really um, pitiful. By
2: the way, the, my neighbors are screaming. So I don't want the listeners to think like someone's being assaulted in I here or something. Dumb. Now I, I live next door to some <laughs> badass kids. Like, I wish I could take off my belt and beat them quiet. But we just, <laughs> they drive wow. me crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the tapping to strikes was really sad. But call me crazy, I was happy he did it mm. enough. Like, it was sad to see him like that, but I was also like, thank God, tap. Don't be ashamed. You're older. You're taking a beating. Craig's not letting up. Tap!" When he tapped, I was relieved. And I don't think there was anything wrong with Mm. his performance. I wasn't one of those people that was like, man, like, this sucks, or I was really sad. I was actually kind of proud of him and was like, you don't have nothing to prove, sir. You're, one of, you're a legend, and you're getting older, and we understand. I just hope, and I hate to use this word, I do, I do hope he hangs it up. You know? He's been fighting for ages. Yeah. I want him to be safe and sound when he gets older and he's with his grandkids. It's not worth it for us, for him to keep entertaining us, and he could be hurting himself. He's older. Let him relax. Mm. You know, but yeah, Michael, definitely. I have to, I have to, no, 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 no. So, we're going back down to the prelims. You will not ruin my everlasting glory. This is, <laughs> I love oh, wow. these prelims. Wow.
1: Have, have, have missed I missed a, one that you, is, yeah, is this, is missed this uh, a few?
2: We, we have to talk about the flyweight bout between Brandon Marino and Brandon Roy Val. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Ooh. I thought
1: when you did your honorable ooh. mentions. Ooh.
2: Ooh, ooh. Oh, okay. All right. Let's rewind. I'll make nip, it quick nip, nip, because nip, nip, it's, nip. I also want to talk about, um, I say that and then I keep <laughs> going on and on. We've got two more. Let me um, discuss this one and then we're going to go into Alan Joban real quick and then we'll pop back into the main card. I mm. love I love this fight, Mike. Okay. And this fight to me was the people's fight. This was for the purest. These are This fight was for the people that love the flyweight division and not just when Figueredo or Benavidez mm-hmm. fights. This is for the people that actually know who these people are and know what they're capable of. And we knew that Brandon Royval Roy and Brandon Moreno were going to throw the kitchen sink at each other. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. The scrambling exchanges, Mike, were thrilling. Um, the brief striking exchanges were flush, thrilling, so much fun. They hit the ground. They fought like two pissy alley cats. I don't know how else to like describe it. It was just frantic. And I loved it, and I knew this was coming. But what I didn't see coming was that Brandon Roy Val suffered an injury in the first round. He popped his shoulder out while scrambling uh. at Brandon Moreno. Poor baby. He's so tough, Mike. While he's on the bottom getting clobbered with his shoulder out, you can see him holding his arm and actually trying to put it in. Like, you could tell he's like, nah, I want to keep fighting. Yeah. But he can't because he's in so much pain, and Brandon is wailing on him. So, of course, Brandon wins the fight. But I will say this. I was upset with the popped-out shoulder because the, the fight was so much fun. But ultimately, if the shoulder had not popped out, I do think Brandon Moreno would have edged out the win. I do think he was winning most Mm. of the scrambling exchanges and the striking. I did see the writing on the wall that if this had went further, it would have been a thrilling fight. But I do believe Brandon would have won anyway. Also, how gross was it when his coach popped that shoulder back in? You ever do that before? It hurts.
1: (laughs) No, never, never. Thankfully, I've had no injuries that require me to actually, you know, jerk a bone into another bone. I did it once. Bone. I was
2: play fighting in the police academy with one of my buddies, and he put me in a half nelson. Wow. And I'm really like lanky, and I'm I'm that person that can get out of stuff because I'm like long. My arms are long, and I'm all weird and shit. So I got mm. out of it, and I popped my shoulder out. And I remember the feeling of it being disconnected. But what I, what I found more Ooh. painful was that when I threw it back in. That shit hurt for like two days. It throbbed. It was just so, it's really painful. So when I saw him jump like that when his coach put it in and then he needed a hug afterwards, I felt that. Like, it was It was so gross. But mm-hmm. from here, Brandon Roval is going to give us even more fun fights. This is barely a loss for him. And Brandon Moreno needs to fight Figueredo while Cody heals. That's the only thing I want to see. It's the only outcome. And, and Brandon's ready. I want to see it.
1: And go ahead. Didn't I, I'm i sure I saw something online that they actually matched it up yeah. for December or something. Yeah, some, um, some madness. It's so
2: funny you bring that up because Dana was very almost like forthright when he was at the post conference. They asked him about it and he was like, yeah, we've already got that set up for December and um, Figgy's not going home. We're keeping him here. Meanwhile, I heard Figgy was like, oh, you want to keep me here? Pay me more money. And I was like, you damn right. That is the leverage I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. Like. Just they need. Mm, Yes, mm, they need to pull this little card when Dana gets excited (laughs) and says he wants you to fight. That's when you're like, can I get 10 more G's? You know what I'm saying? Like that's when the manager and and everybody needs to be like, he really wants you get a little bit more money, even if it's five G's, 10 G's, 15. Mm. Just ask. And I love that our new champion with all this sexy swag was just like, oh, he wants me to stay here and not go home. Perhaps he should have given me performance of the night. (laughs) So I like that he dangled that over Dana's head. I'm sure he's going to do it, but I like that. Exactly. I like that. Uh, One Hmm. more, Mike, before we go back to the um, main card. Yeah, we have to discuss the the return of Alan Ban and also the debut of Jared Gooden. We have to. Spectacular performance on Alan Ban's part. And also, too, Jared Gooden showed no UFC debut jitters. He fought like a professional. And the only critique I have of his mm. fight is that I feel like he was looking to land hard shots or like the, the, the head shot rather than strategizing like Alan Joban. Alan Joban was working off his jab, his movement, his footwork, and he kept it moving. I felt like he had a more effective game plan and he strategized. Jared just wanted to hit him really hard and he was thirsty for that the whole fight, but that cost him the fight. But I will say this. Mm. Alan came back from like a, a, a layover. He hasn't been, you know, fighting, and he showed no signs of ring rust. He made the weight. You know, I'm throwing shots at somebody. He made the weight after <laughs> such a long, you know, you know, right? Exactly. king.
1: That's that's his. Yeah, that's we'll, what get, his yeah is. we'll get to the Burger King,
2: king in, a, in a sec. Um, You know, Alan was not the Burger King, showed up, you know, sexy, on time, professional, beat the guy up, had a long layover. Dana White pulled him to the side, thanked him. The man went to the hospital like he had been robbed, Mm. still looked beautiful. It was unreal. And I want to see Jared Gooden fight. I could see him fighting. Who, Who did I... Um, think maybe Jake Matthews or somebody. I think that hopefully I said his name right, but I would love to see um, Jared Gooden in there. He is a professional as well. Kudos to both fighters. It, it and it was a fun fight. I liked it. So, yeah. yeah. You know, speaking
1: of fun fights, oh. you just reminded me of something. Um You know, Dana was talking about um, Perry being a, a, a fun fight, <laughs> but it just reminded me yeah it reminded me of uh Joe Rogan oh last God. night you you uh, you know th- I don't want to rat you out but mm-hmm. you smoke and uh I- I'm sure you've had an edible or two in your time was he so, high yes
2: um y- like you said I'm 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 a stoner I know I know weed you know what I'm saying so like sometimes I think it's DMT sometimes I think it's stronger than weed with Joe Rogan like well, I mean, wow. I'm being sarcastic, but I do think he, I do agree with you that he was being extra. You know what I mean? Like, for example, when we mm. talk about Valentina Shevchenko and Jennifer Mayo, what was with the complaints about her wrestling?
1: What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get <laughs> there. Um, it, it just, it just made me think. Had he not appreciated what was going on yeah. there? Someone, you know, just on a basic level, look. She is playing her at her own game. This is where the action is going to take place because that and, is her skill set. But you know, we'll get there. But I just wanted to know like about what, his mindset and his frame of uh, mind going in because go ahead. No, no, made, go ahead. Uh, it just made me think maybe he took a right. big toke before he'd actually sat down, or he was chewing on some gummy bears. Because it's
2: just he was. He wasn't off the whole broadcast, but there were certain fights when it was like, "Yo, Mike Perry is losing. You want to talk about that?" Do you, d- yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, look oh and he's calm. He's happening. cool, and then meanwhile, his face is mushed. Tim is piecing him apart with a jab, and I'm just like, <laughs> "Do we want to talk about Tim Means?" At the, at some point, he is winning the fight, but according to Joe, Mike Perry was. But meanwhile, he lo- he was smoked. It was un yeah for real, I was just like, Joe, like, honestly, Mike, I don't know if it was an edible or not, because, you know, he's such a long time marijuana user. He probably can breeze through, like, he does his podcast mm. high as shit, and he doesn't seem affected by it. And when you've been using marijuana for so long, you kind of can, it's not crack. It's not, <laughs> it's not alcohol. So I don't, I'm joking, <laughs> but I don't think he was high. I just think that... He's very comfortable, oh, okay. and, and, and I think sometimes these guys are friends with these people, are fans of them, so they get biased. Remember last mm. week, Bisbing was in love with Randa Marcos. She was getting her ass waxed. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think they're fans, and then yeah. also, too, like when you put him in D.C. and Anik in there, him and DC kinda of fuck off a lot, which mm. I like, but they do joke around and play and stuff, so I think that's also a distraction. And DC also has his favorites and fans. So it's it makes for an interesting booth. But yeah. there were times when I was annoyed. But real quick, before we go into anything else, I meant mm. to I wanted to talk to you about this. Did you notice the black ass music they was playing last night? Please tell me you noticed all child, I heard the whispers. Steady Steady, rockin' all night D- Dukakis came out
1: Oh, oh, oh the, the, the yes. incidental music The walkout Is that music about?
2: Everything was just black barbecue last night my, my, Mike Perry yeah, yeah, came yeah, out yeah, to yeah, Halo yeah. I f- almost forgot he was a bum Started singing mm. with Beyonce Love that song
1: Which was an accident uh, right. But we'll he get to that He came out to Halo, had me
2: singing <laughs> I hit the two-step when The Whispers came out When Dukakis came out to the Then I heard Big <laughs> L from Harlem I started rapping. I was like, yo, who is the DJ? And mm. next week, can we get a Caribbean DJ? I'm ready for Murder, She Wrote, Shaka, Demas, and Pliers, and Shaba. Let's go. <laughs> Keep. Thank you, Dana, for the black-ass night. I was in here losing it. Oh. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Mike. I, I, I was excited with the, the the black family reunion. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, Caitlin Chikagan versus Cynthia Calvillo. What do um, you make of that? People
2: didn't like this fight. But the purist in... Yeah, I was... Really? Um, they didn't, what not they, they didn't, watching? It was a Caitlyn Shikagian fight. I'm not complaining, but I did hear some critics. It wasn't exciting. Yeah. Da, 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 because, Mike, right before this fight, I did a little voice thing, and I, I picked Caitlyn Shikagian, and all my followers responded back to me, mm-hmm. and everyone picked Cynthia. All of MMA Twitter... And a lot of fans were Team Cynthia, and they really thought she was going to come in there and wrestle the Chicagian. And I remember thinking, like, y'all don't remember her footwork. Y'all don't remember her range. And, that and her range. She, she's not one of those fighters <laughs> that doesn't know how to use her range. It's like it's what she's good at. Yeah. And she was going to do that to Cynthia Cavillo. And don't forget, Cynthia Cavillo, this isn't really – she's new to this weight class. She still has to adjust. She's, you know what I mean? Like, Caitlyn doesn't have mm-hmm. to adjust. And she does what she does, and she put on a clinic. As a purist and someone who likes technique, I was very proud of Caitlin. I was proud yeah. of my pick because everyone clowned me like, Gina, Cynthia's going to get it done. Nah, homie, sit <laughs> down. Styles make fights, and honestly, stylistically, you should have picked Caitlyn. She she, it's obvious her footwork and her movement and her speed was going to befuddle Cynthia, and that's what we saw. And it was a great fight.
1: I love the fact, mm-hmm. exactly, I, I, I can see where people are coming from then if they were team Cynthia, because I love Chukagin's consistent and busiest style. I love the fact that she yes. knows how to use her range. Plus, really and truly, I mean, I can understand, again, going back to why, you know, team Carvalho or team um, Carvalho um, weren't really that into this, because it was a one-sided yeah.
2: show It was. let I face mean, I it. think uh, Cynthia... Towards the third round, she st- finally started to get a little rhythm, and she was able to land on occasion a one-two. And I was like, ah, she's getting the rhythm, but the fight's over, baby. Like, you about to lose, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the first two rounds, she, danced, she tap danced on that mm-hmm. ass. So, you know, she tried in the third round, yep. but she just has to make adjustments on getting in on the, on the inside with someone that has a longer length than her. And also, there was, I think there was a speed advantage with Caitlin as well. And and Caitlyn put on a motherfucking mm. clip. I was proud of her like I knew her. Like, it was just a proud, yeah. proud. Yeah. She should be very proud of her performance. And Cynthia just needs to go back to work. Me too. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Me too. If you like technical shit and somebody coming out there and showing their dominance, yeah. you're going to like this fight.
1: Mm-mm. No, definitely. I mean, um, <laughs> dominance, technicality, uh, I think was a, a real feature of the next fight, Mike Perry versus Tim Means. I mean, first off, let's just go and rewind to him coming out, coming out to Halo. Apparently, that was not the track that he'd chosen, or he'd forgotten mm. that he'd chosen it. If he had chosen that, I'm going with he he didn't actually choose this because I think I like to think that the DJ was trolling <laughs> because him coming out to Halo after one missing weight by five pounds, but after. All of this hoo-ha and flipping, you know, him being a wife beater and all the kind of like, you know, shit that he was coming into uh, this fight with. Halo wasn't the track that you should have played. But for me, this was a dogfight. There wasn't any technique in this. It was just swing and a miss. And, you know, I, I love the fact that Mike likes to get into... Slugfest. Um, yeah. Basically brawls. Mm. It, it brawls. And um, it's entertaining, but... He just had his nose fixed and now he's gonna to have to have his nose fixed again. Is he really in this fight? Is he really into fights? No. Is he really no. still committed to, you know, the UFC and its ethos? Because it strikes me that mm, I don't really think so. Considering when, you know, we we flash back now to him eating those burgers. I mean I nicknamed him the Burger King because it wasn't like, you know, once or twice. He was doing this like consistently in the run up. And it made me think, is your mind really on I don't your think job?
2: So. I don't think so at all. I think there's a myriad of reasons why this guy is not only spiraling out of control, but also making horrible ass decisions when it comes to his career. It's one thing to get drunk and act crazy when you off work, which is what he did at the Mexican restaurant with his girlfriend. And he seems to, you know, drink a lot when he's not at work, but he doesn't seem to be able to turn off the shenanigans for being a professional fighter. What the hell was he thinking to troll us while eating burgers? And also a part of me was like, are you trolling us? Did you give up on making weight and you decide to be a dick about it? Or did you cheat? Did you purposely come Mm -hmm. in heavier because you don't have a coach in a team? Are you taking advantage of of this? What are you doing? And on top of it, he's not the same fighter anymore. Mike, I am telling you, I was watching the fight and he looks like someone that didn't hit pads. He looks like someone that just was mm. having a bar fight. But he did look good in the first round. I was shocked at how um, he was going for the the, um, the submission. He did really well. He was calm. The way he, like, switched hands to try to get it yeah. under his neck was very, very good. But guess what? Blew his load. Mm-mm-mm. By the second round, he started telegraphing those ugly punches. He was flat-footed. <laughs> yeah. um, he just was going for the knockout punch. But meanwhile, Tim Mean, someone who had a full camp hitting pads, has a coach, was able to establish a beautiful jab and to just kind of interrupt Mike Perry's flow with that jab and to land the more significant shots. And mm-hmm. he landed more shots. Was it a fun, slobber-knocker type of fight? Rhino loves when I say that, by the way. Um, Was it a fun, slobber-knocker fight? (laughs) Yes. Was it a good matchup? It was evenly matched? Yes. But something's going on with Mike Perry. I'm telling you. And I mean career-wise. I'm not... Forget all that other stuff that comes with him. The rah-rah. I'm talking about there's some serious red flags with this guy and that that pregnant lady as his coach, um, hitting pads with her, eating the way that he does... And also, he's not balancing the the character Mike Perry and the fighter Mike Perry very well. Do you want us to focus on your Mm, domestic violence mm. problems or do you want us to focus on your career? Which one is it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's the the worry because it doesn't seem as though there's any filter there or anybody around him who will be filtering. And that's... That I think is like double jeopardy there. If you're not doing any kind of sifting in terms of self-reflection and no one around you is doing that, well, you're, man, you're in a a slow roll to flipping oblivion.
2: Let me me make this even uh, more complicated for Mike Perry. You have children, right, Mike? Okay, and you remember the newborn phase with your first child, was it tough?
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: That Mike Perry and some young lady that's what, Very young, having her first child, and also comes off as a young, like a teenager, even though she's of age. She's young, and Mike Perry's a little off. They're about to have their first child together. Sleepless nights, crying. Will the child be healthy? This man has probably brain trauma. The the relationship doesn't seem to be the healthiest, and they're throwing a baby in there on top Mm -hmm. of him being a professional fighter. I think things are going to get a bit more complicated with him because they complicated their life by adding this addition. You know, you you've been there, yeah. A
1: professional fighter, and with you've rage been there, issues. Mike. You're a
2: father. That mm. that first child, the yeah. not knowing yeah. what to do, being afraid of the baby. The baby cries all night, but you got to go to work. That's going to be them. That's going to yep. be them in an unhealthy situation. God bless.
1: <laughs> now, when when you like factor in as well, pour in the yes. stress, not just the fact that you haven't had a decent night's sleep not just because you know you are fighting for literally fighting, fighting for, your for wage a packet. Yep. not just because yeah not just because you've got anger management mm-hmm. issues and you know you, you're in a volatile situation it's right. a perfect storm yeah. for disaster. A, and don't
2: forget he didn't make this baby on his own what happens when postpartum kicks in you know what what happens when he's out drinking, yeah. but she's got postpartum? What what happens if the lack of sleep makes him angry? What There's just so many variables here. And I just really wish the company and Dana and somebody would just kind of call a timeout and reel this kid in. He, need, he needs a little bit of assistance. Yeah. We all shit on this guy, and we all can't stand him. But when it comes down to it, we're really crying for help for him. You know, I, I see a lot of people like, mm. oh, y'all are I, dragging I, I, that, him. Give the guy a break. Us dragging him is us trying to get him some help, y'all. You know?
1: And that's my worry. Dana was uh, asked about Mike Perry um, last night or, you Mm -hmm. know, at the the presser. And he kind of, like, glossed over, you know, a lot of the issues and the elephant in the room wasn't actually discussed. And basically his kind of, like, real vanilla response was, yeah, I like Mike Perry. He's He's a fun fighter. And I'm thinking to myself, Dana read the room. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Why you did, know what's going down. Why does you Dana need to address to read it. Read the
2: room because when he has those media folks on lock, don't ask me about that shit. You saw how he gently was like, "Oh, what do you think of Mike Perry? He's been giving you trouble lately?" Come on, call it what it is, my man. You know what I'm saying? Like, but at the same time, I understand why he didn't really poke at Dana about what's really going on because Dana blackballs people. So I can't yeah. talk too much shit about Mita because mm. maybe if I was sitting there, I might have did the same thing. Who knows? We, we want to work these yeah. events. Yeah, We don't want to be blackballed. But at mm. the same time, Dana was able to get around that question and be like, oh, he's a fun guy, and then totally forget the fact that he just threatened UFC Shayna online and, <laughs> and admitted to striking women, you know? So we'll we'll see what happens, but I don't think any good is going to, I hate to be pessimistic, but he's throwing a child in the mix of of his erratic behavior, and I expect us to be upset with him some Mm. more, and pretty soon. He just seems to be, he's a fuck-up. I hate to say it. So, yeah. No, but it's facts.
1: It's facts, but no one's telling him that, and no one's helping him with his therapy, that really needs to start and it needs to start sometime yeah. soon especially you know with and, a child in the mix now. the stress
2: now. of a child everybody thinks it's cute you see them together you know at the baby shower and they're smiling but you're not going to see mm. the sleepless nights when that yeah. kid cries for no reason or when there's colic or what if the child isn't healthy yeah. then you have your crazy ass boyfriend and then she has postpartum I'm telling you like it will affect his career and instead of people just like oh he's a fun guy help the guy for
1: christ's Mm. sake but what are you gonna do yeah facts facts next up jennifer Meyer and valentina shevchenko now i can see where people were coming from especially you know where, where joe is kind of like injecting you know his kind of like topical um take on things but I personally, am not a fan of grinding people up against the cage. I personally feel as though, you know, if you are going to be on the ground and um, controlling on the ground, um, if you are going to grapple, you know, try something which is kind of like, you know, I feel <laughs> entertaining. Mm-hmm. I personally don't like that style, but I can understand why it was question. done. M- is what I'm saying. Question. You, uh, what are you make I mean, of this?
2: What am I trying to ask you? Blah. Um, you're talking about when Jennifer Maya had Valentina when she w- was working the clinch game against the the, the cage. You didn't care. For yeah. That. See, I not, did. Not at all. Because what it showed me is that Jennifer Maya didn't give a fuck, and that's where her strength was at. I would much rather see Jennifer Maya go out mm. there and try her hardest, come forward, put that woman against the cage, and try to win the fight. I don't want to see someone fight Valentina Shevchenko the way Caitlin Chikagian and Liz Carmouche did. I prefer Jennifer Maya's attitude, which was, I'm walking you down, I'm coming forward, and I'm not afraid of you, and I'm stronger than you, so I'm going to put your back against this cage and try to win this fight. I appreciate the effort. I hate when they stay on the outside and be like, I'm scared, I'm scared. That's how they fight her. Jennifer wasn't <laughs> like that, and Jennifer was able to win one round. But you know Valentina. Mm -hmm. Valentina said, Oh, you're a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt? How about I take you to the ground and control you? You're not doing none of that shit. And that's why I had a chip on my shoulder with Joe Rogan when he was like, What's with the wrestling? You don't know Valentina by now, sir. You call her fights all the damn time. Even I know Valentina. I never even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know the broad personally, and I know Valentina. Valentina's the type of fighter, she's petty. If you are good at something, she tries to show you that she's better. She's like a John Jones. And you, and then I just could not get over the complaints online. Because it was also, fans online were like, oh, I want her to knock Jennifer out yeah. and stuff like that. No, Valentina's doing her thing. She's dominating on the ground, and she's showing Jennifer that she's better than her. Y'all don't know Valentina by now? Like...
1: But that's just it. That's what we like to see. The classic chefs. We want to see the right-hand counters. We want to see the spinning kicks. And all of that came to light and came alive in round five. That, for yeah, me, was when I was kind of, of like, yes, yeah, finally! Finally! Was...
2: I just, I just think Valentina was like, I'm going to assert my dominance. I think she was taken back by Jennifer's strength. Mm. I was taken back by it. I was like, wow, Jennifer has put her up against the cage and is going to keep her there and w- try to win this fight. And then, too, Jennifer had no problem being on the bottom with her and trying to move her hips and trying to get into the better positions because she was comfortable with her jujitsu. Even though Valentina went down one round, Jennifer did win one round, I still feel like Valentina was somewhat yeah. challenged and had to make some changes that she wasn't expecting with Jennifer, and she still did it in a dominant fashion, but I think she was tricky for her. Even mm-hmm. though, you know what I mean? I think there were yeah. little challenges here for Valentina. You could see it in her face, like, oh shit, this woman came to fight. And I think, she's not Jessica <laughs> I is what I'm saying. She 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 just, you feel me? Like, no, I, she's I not Jessica I. If She couldn't knock yeah. out Jennifer Myers, She's too strong, too tough, too gritty, and stayed in her face. Jessica, I fought her the same way Caitlin mm. and Liz did. I'm an inch closer to her, and I'm scared. I'm scared. And then by the time she got closer, she kicked her to Guam. You know? So Jennifer wasn't fighting like that. But I, I like this fight. It showcased why we love and like Valentina without the, you know, the kick and all that stuff. She's just a dominant force, and she's well-rounded, and she's the shit. You know? <laughs> That's it.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Davidson Figueiredo. Versus Alex Perez. Man, made short work of this, didn't he? I mean, I loved the way he was ripping to the body body early. I loved the fact that he was mixing up with the kicks and the hooks as well. (laughs) Those hooks to the body, man. I love a body shot. But man, damn, that transition into that guillotine, I did not see coming. I mean, drop down. Well, it looked like he dropped down to try and kind of get a leg lock. And then, you know, the, the next thing, you know, he yeah, was transitioning into a guillotine. Yeah, but while he's
2: transitioning to the guillotine, Alex Perez was able to get his back. He just only had like his left arm around Alex's neck as Alex was reaching for his back. And he mm. somehow turned that into yeah. a guillotine. And then not only did he turn it into a guillotine, <laughs> it was like a strong arm guillotine. Davison turned into fucking an ogre and just <laughs> he damn near snapped this man's neck. Did you see the tap? The tap was like, yeah, let me out of yeah. this shit, bro. Thanks. You got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. It's
2: unbelievable I like this guy. I really do. And I, I what are your what are <laughs> oh, your thoughts on you be real. What do you think of Figgy? I I like
1: I like the fact that um his backstory. I love the fact that, you know, he's coming from a real, real rough. Um, and uh, quite a deprived background. But look at him here. I mean, this is his stage now. He's shining. Plus... He's showcasing, look, this is why you're not going to cut this Thank division. You. Um, Love you're, it.
2: You're reading my mind. We've been podcasting way too long. It's now time. <laughs> it is now time for me to talk shit about Henry Cejudo. Figueredo is doing what Henry could not. He's, he's saving the flyweight division. He's not just saying it. You know, mm. I felt like Henry said that but didn't do that at all. He just went a selfish route and declared himself triple C by beating certain people. But Figueredo is doing the work. He's defending his belt. He's doing it in a exciting fashion and then on top of it he's not the cringe king this man does women's hair he rides bulls he's fucking weird he's short but sexy as fuck it's weird he (laughs) has swag he showed up all looking debonair, but like four foot 11. It was so strange. You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. doing everything that Henry couldn't do. He has the sex appeal. He has the power. And then on top of it, he's got swag. When Dana was like, oh, we're keeping him here as if he owned him or something. Like he's some little slave or something. Like we're going to keep him. He's not going back to Brazil. Dana <laughs> said, perhaps you should have given me performance of the night. No, Henry too busy being weird, wrapping <laughs> diapers and shit in belts. No, I'm all, I'm team figgy.
1: Okay, so it's only right that we segue now to
2: listener mail. Okay, let me pull up your page and let's start with let's start with Nurse Marley. Haven't heard from her in a while. Let's see. She said you can have back three fighters for the price of returning Chandler. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> Bonus points if you bring back a female fighter. Let me.
1: Okay definitely got to be cyborg in there i'd say paul daly for one farewell fight and he's going to be uh uh clashing nick diaz so those are my three fighters
2: oh wow that was easy <laughs> that was quick and easy this is difficult for me um who do Oh okay who do i want back
1: i i love these fantasy mashups that's why when you know nurse marley put that on the timeline i was like
2: yes i love these oh, yeah, definitely i like this too but it, it gets you thinking um who would I bring back? I would bring back Chris Cyborg, too. I'm a fan, and I would have her rematch mm. Amanda Nunez ASAP. That's all I want to see. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I do like the Paul Daly thing, but I don't want to bite <laughs> off of you. Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I want Jussier for—last week we talked about Juicier for me. I want him back because I want him to eventually fight um, Figueredo. I want that. Okay. And believe it or not, even though I just took a huge dump on him because I'm not a fan of him, but I do love him and I love the way he fights. I would love to see, mm-hmm. um, oh, man, I just thought of two more. Sorry, Mike, I'm going to cheat. Bring back Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson. Let's, let's, oh, okay. let's make flyweight even greater than what it is now with Figgy. <laughs> so I, I actually brought back four. But I say we beef up the, the uh, flyweight division. Bring back Juicy Air, bring back Henry, and uh, bring back Demetrius Johnson, and let's see how Figgy um, lines up with all of them.
1: Okay. Let me just slip into an audio question, seeing as uh, we've got Todd Rhino from Combat Sports with Rhino.
0: Yay.
1: As this loads up.
0: Hey, Mike G, it's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So, last night I had a lot of interesting fights. Uh, one thing that kind of stood out for me was in his UFC debut, Jared Gooden put on a great performance, a very tough, gritty performance against a very good veteran in Alan Joban. Uh, it got me to thinking can you think of some other guys who have fought in the UFC whose stock actually rose even after a loss? The first first name that came to my mind was kind of like Lando Van Atta against Tony Ferguson, right? Uh, it was the first time I'd seen the kid fight, and he, even though he lost, he put on a great performance against a much what I was assuming was a much better opponent than Tony. So in the uh, honor of Jared Gooden putting on such a great performance last night, even though he lost, who are some examples of fighters who, even in a loss, their stock really raised for you? Thanks so much. Love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later.
1: Wow, that's a hard
0: that's one. That's a hard one. <laughs> Go
2: first. Yeah, shit. Um, I can use the 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 card that we just watched. Great fight, Rhino. But I wish I had been prepared for it because I feel like I could I could an- I could nail this if with a, yeah. with a little research. So, Mike, let's keep this one in the back of our heads. Answer for now, and mm. then we'll save this for like shots fired or something. We'll we'll have fun. Oh, with- definitely. Yeah, you know what I mean. So let's save yeah, this. Yeah. But I am gonna answer. But I'm gonna use this card. I think Brandon Royval, even though he went down with that um. Shoulder injury. I I, I don't think it did him. There was no loss there except for the fact that he didn't get a fair shot because his shoulder popped out. But I think fans Mm. are just as thirsty to see him fight again. And he's that good that we might see him at some type of contender status. You never know. I think he's that dope. You know, that would be for me.
1: Again, off the top of my head, I know, you know, we'd be better. Well, I certainly would be better with a bit of prep. But I'm going to go with Paige Van Zandt. Her loss, her stock rose. Not only is she fighting bare-knuckle boxing, but it's talks now That's of her true. in negotiations with Bellator. So, double bubble. She's getting more money than she can ever have dreamed of being in the UFC. Her stock has risen on the back yeah. of that final loss in the UFC.
2: And you know what else, too? Like, because I love the prelims, but I don't always remember all their names. There are plenty of contender series people that have like impressed me. And if I go yeah. back some old cards or even if I listen to some older episodes of our podcast, I can name some people that have gone down as some close barn burners from the contender series mm-hmm. or like these no name fighters we're not familiar with that lost, but they put up a good showing. I bet you I could find some. But like I said, Mike, I'm gonna save this question and maybe have a little fun with this with Kairos and Chisanga when we all get together because this is this is cool
1: good one let's have another twitter question
2: okay stand by let me pull up your page um mike hold on it's different on my phone when i have to do this okay cool you might need to pause or edit because it's going to take me a second i can't use twitter on my um computer because i'm kind of low-key banned (laughs) so (laughs) here we go let me pick one right now um oh let's go with He's got a good one, another fantasy type of question. If you were running the UFC and you could sign only one fighter from Bellator, which one would mm-hmm. you sign first? He gave us options, Pico, Pitbull, Lima, and then also It's Not Cage Fighting through and McGee, which I thought was a good one, too, like people are sleeping on him. But if you could you – see, go ahead, Mike.
1: That, that's, that's who I'd run in there with. I mean, A.J. McKee, I think he's a prospect. And like I keep saying, he's just – it's being slept on, so sorry. I, I know i cut you no, off. That's no, that's no. fine. Man, man, that is who I would push towards Dana with pen in hand and say,
2: "Sign this guy." Um, I fail you on AJ Mcgee, but he would probably be the second person I pull. How can you not pick Patricio Pitbull to come over to the UFC or even right? You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. he's 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 incredible, and I would lo- and I mm. think he's somebody that can hang in in the UFC. I feel this is like you have a crossover fight with him and he starts beating yeah. up some people that we think are like in title contention in that division, you know? So, my first pick would be Pitbull cuz I think he's great. Second pick, probably a probably AJ, like I'm intrigued with him. Like he's just he's just so dynamic and also yeah. too Somebody in here said MVP, and me and Nattrage booed him right out the mentions. I just want to just want to point that out. We both of us kind of dragged him, like uh, get out of here, thanks. But um, believe it or not, MVP would be fun in the UFC too because he has an intriguing matchup. I just he wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, you know.
1: Okay, let's have another audio, and it's by MMA by Milliken. Nice. I keep calling you Milliken. I don't know why. But it's MMA by Milliken, and he's t- entitled this. Chukagan can kiss my Arse. I don't know oh, why. Wow. But anyway, drama. <laughs> well, whilst this is loading, um, I'll do some uh, singing or karaoke. Have
2: you been to karaoke? <laughs> no, I hate karaoke. It makes me really mad.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is taking forever to load. How do you much want me to? You actually saying this? At MMA by Milliken. Do you no, want I'm, me to... I'm still
2: feeling. Do you want me <laughs> to throw I'm in still... a
1: question from. Hey guys, it's MMA by Milliken. Um, thank you so much for the love on Saturday. It's greatly appreciated. Um, you guys have, a, you know, I always loved your show. And um, it's just great. As always, you know, Paige Van Zank can kiss my ass. So can Caitlin Chukagan. Okay. Wow. I don't give a damn who she beats, man. She is, she sucks, boy. I hate saying it because she's from PA. But, man, I'm tired of seeing that giraffe, man. But look, um, what's next for Cynthia Calvillo um, and Antonina Shevchenko because she was stuck at number 15 beating an unranked opponent that she's 10 years older than. That To me, that's not a big deal. But what's next for those two uh, fighters that I'm personally tired of seeing? Thank you.
2: Take care. Oh, wow. You wow. you felt the shade we on should that shit? come shirt? on shots fired. Yeah, no, like come on
1: shots fired. MMA by Milliken wasn't holding back there. Um, I'm going to have to really, like, man, I should have done my research before I came on this show. I because know. That... That is a tough question. What would what, what do you think?
2: I can't answer that. Um synth- well off the top of my head. Neither can I, but I'm gonna try to bullshit. Let me try. And I have my computer up. Let's see what I can do. Um Cynthia Cavillo, mm. she was sup- supposed to fight Lauren Murphy. And I do think Lauren Murphy needs one more fight because I know she's like begging to fight Valentina and I just feel like she's yeah. she's just gonna be another sacrifice. Like I'm I I love you, Lauren Murphy, but I just don't think it's gonna be competitive. But mm. um, Maybe the fight with Cynthia Cavillo, but it doesn't really serve her well because Cynthia Cavillo just lost and she kind of lost in a, in, a, in a poor fashion. So it won't serve Lauren Murphy well. But what about maybe did uh, Cynthia Cavillo, does she fight Jessica? Oh, no, they fought already. Um, I don't know. Cynthia Cavillo has to go back to the drawing board and, and then go down in the rankings a bit, maybe fight Lauren Murphy. Who was the other one? He was sick of Caitlin. Yeah, the giraffe, wow Yeah, I, but Mike His words, not mine But Mike, didn't I tell you that the fans Like me and you liked that fight because she put on a clinic yeah. But the fans wasn't feeling it I told mm. you that fans do not like her Because like she gets us hyped with that walkout song She brings us to the hood And then she comes out there And she puts on a pretty tap dancing performance People don't like that <laughs> shit Um, I have no idea yet, and That's a really hard question without preparing But I do yeah. know like She's not ready to be thrown at Valentina again, but she's really good. So it's actually pretty hard to matchmake with her right now because you don't want to see mm. her fight. She has no chance against um, Valentina. But at the same time, she's really good, you know. And what there was another one, the sister. He's fed up with the sister too, Baby Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, leave Baby Bullet alone. She's just not as good as her sister and... Um, I'm not sure who she should fight next. We need prep for this, Milken. We not, you know. We definitely yeah. need prep. Definitely. We'll save this. Tough question, yeah. Milken. We're gonna save this for like another episode where we can prep, and then we'll shout Milken and Rhino out, and we'll revisit these questions because we we, mm. we ain't ready, Milken. But leave Baby <laughs> Bullet alone. She's not that bad. And look how well she performed against Ariana Lipsky. I think we hold her to a pedestal because her sister's so great, you know. But. I ain't mad at her or the giraffe. Like, I don't get the... <laughs> I ain't mad. <laughs> Have we got one more tweet question? Absolutely. Um, one of my favorites, um, War Horse Shay.
1: Yeah, might as well. Um, we
2: kind of did talk about this already, but maybe we can go into this in a bit more detail. What did you think of mm. Dana's comments on the Mike Perry post fight?
1: Shows me no due care or attention about Mike Perry's well-being or his future. Because if there were uh, any um, amount or any molecules of compassion within Dana, he'd be saying we need to get that guy some help because he clearly does need it, especially him having a young family. All the things that we've gone into about the stresses, the strains that he is yet to face, that, you know, is just a powder keg just waiting to explode and... I wasn't impressed. It was an it was a, an opportunity for Dana to you know win some fans in that you know he does care for his fighters, but it underlined the fact that this is an opportunity, not a profession.
2: Yeah, I am. I I totally agree with your sentiments, Mike. And I also think too. Reminder: Dana White is a promoter. He is not Mother Teresa. He has proven to us that he is all about the money, and the more yeah. the and then if it's interesting too. Mike Perry was trending on Twitter last night. Um, also, the hashtag #CutMikePerry is still trending. I checked this morning; wow. it's still going. I'm still using it. The fact of the matter is, is that we are talking about him, we are discussing him, and he is trending. Mm. And it's weird because like all that domestic violence stuff is getting us to talk about him, and also he's. Um, Declining in his career, which is very interesting because as he's declining, even though we like winners, he's declining and we're still talking about him because of all the drama. And Dana is profiting from that. He's just like, he's a fun guy and quiet as (laughs) kept. Y'all keep talking about this motherfucker, so I'm going to keep giving him a fight. So I think that's what that was about. And also, Dana has a strong hold on the media. They cannot poke and prod him too much without being... Blackballed, or you know, something happening to them. So until exactly. until Mike truly falls off, where he's not generating sales or talk, or he's really just sucks and goes to like bare knuckle or something else, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna be dealing with him for a while, and and expect him to get oh, another. 100%. Yeah, and I also expect him to get another favorable matchup because they know he's declining, so they'll give him somebody else that he can somewhat mm-hmm. maybe get past. So get used to it.
1: Hmm. We've got another Caitlyn Chukagan question from Ty Walden this time. Oh, nice. Um,
2: Gina, Michael, it's Ty Guy 15 here. I have a big question and it involves Caitlyn Chukagian. Why do so many MMA bands despise her so much (laughs) despite her 15 and 4 record? I know that Some people have said she was boring because she's a decision fighter. But where did all this hate start from? I really want to get your guys' opinion on this. (laughs) Later.
1: That is one for you because I don't really know. I haven't got a clue why she gets so much hatred. You kind of like alluded to it earlier, but I get the sentiment now. And I, I do think that... Um this is kind of like an MMA Twitter thing mm-hmm. more than like, you know, a, a fan um or UFC wide um thing in terms of fandom. But I don't know the answer to that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it's just that I think it's a few things. Um she doesn't really have a personality that fighter that excuse me that fans can connect with and she's not really quirky, there's no drama, she doesn't beef with anybody. She's pretty straightforward. So that's one. Yeah. And two uh, the fans don't like her style. Nobody likes that, like, you know, keep people on the outside, you know, win by decision. Like, her style is, is she doesn't sit on her punches. Her style is made to win by decision and quickly and, to, mm. and thoroughly. And that's not really a fan favorite. Remember, Mike, these stateside fans especially, they want blood, they want to see you die. You know what I'm saying? I hate they want to see knockouts. Yeah, they want to see knockouts. They want to see, or a war on the feet. They want to see you take chances. Caitlyn don't take chances. Yeah. She just goes out there, she does her job, and she wins. And that's it. And she's not dramatic. She's not beefing with nobody. She's not like uh, Felicia Herrig was fighting somebody and they gave each other the finger for like 30 seconds before they engaged. Yeah. Like, she's not she's a stud like she's not she's not here for the bullshit so she's not feeding into the entertainment aspect of mma but the purists people like ty myself we recognize that she's technically sound she works to her abilities and she's really good and also she's good on the ground look how she stuffed those takedowns from cynthia Mm. everybody told me that cynthia was going to drag her to the ground not once you know so i don't get it and i hope the fans soften up but i think that's the reason she's not entertaining fans i don't know
1: i hear that well that wraps up another episode of the woke cast we will obviously be back (laughs) midweek with the fellas jasanga and kairos for shots fired until then make some trouble